0: Hey everyone, welcome back to 2 Reverse Tabak to Book Club. I am your host, Andrew, I'm joined by my co-host, Josh, today.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: What's up? So, um, we are kind of experimenting with different formats for the book club. In previous episodes, we've kind of gone almost line by line with the events in the book. We're going to try to taper it down a little bit and hit mainly just the main events, and um, so if we miss something that maybe you think is really important or you wanted us to talk about, feel free to you know, leave a comment, let us know, and we can certainly address it potentially in, in another video in the future. But for now, we're kind of just going to focus on the main events of what happened within what we read and then stuff that we thought was funny or interesting to talk about. So that's kind of what we're aiming for with this And of course, as always, we recommend that you have read this prior. This is a spoiler episode. If you haven't read The Wind Through the Keyhole yet, please go back and read it before listening to this if you want to avoid spoilers. But this section is going to be the last part of The Wind Through the Keyhole. It's Book 4.5 by Stephen King in the Dark Tower series. It's going to be The Skin Man Part 2. Ooh. Ooh, the skin man it was really really short man. um we're gonna try to you know talk about as much as we can here but it wasn't a it was like an hour or two on the audiobook right it wasn't very long
1: it was barely even over two hours i feel like i think it was just like an hour and a half aroundish. but oh. e- either way it was uh still pretty good i felt like good ending
0: yeah no i really enjoyed it overall but, um, cool. so- yeah, go ahead. I can get into it, or if you want to bring something up, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to let you. You can, just, you can start a few. All weeks.
0: right, so the first note I made here, obviously, you know, the previous section was Roland telling the story about um, the wind through the keyhole, the actual story within this universe, and then it <laughs> they wake up in the jail cell and, like, one of the first things that, that Bill, the kid, the young Bill guy who knows who the skin man is, talks about is, like, what did Merlin eat? And, like, did he shit in a hole? Like, where did he shit? <laughs> and I'm like, this is the yeah. first thing. Honestly, though, it's kind of accurate to children because when you tell kids, I feel like when you tell kids stuff or tell them stories, they always ask the most, like, ridiculous questions about it because they're kids and they don't understand things, you know, so...
1: Well, the thing is, like, I want to know, too. I mean, dude was <laughs> literally a, a tiger in a cage for, like, who, th- he doesn't even know how long. It's been that long. So it's like, what are you eating? Where are you going to the bathroom? Like, how are you doing literally anything? So, like, I, I, I can sympathize with the questions. And Roland's just like, oh, jeez, <laughs> like, like, it's it's
0: just a, a lullaby. Not a lullaby. It's just a... Bedtime story. So, where did you think Merlin shit? You think he shit in a hole? You think he shit in a cage? (laughs) Let's.
1: uh, Well, let's see. Maybe he probably. Well, he couldn't get out of his cage, right? So, what he probably did was he probably shit in his cage and then kicked it out. (laughs) And then maybe licked it up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe rolled around (laughs) in in it. But then, what did he eat? Because you can't shit unless you eat something with fiber. (laughs) But he's also a magic being, so i don't know well maybe he you know what i just don't know look you heard it (laughs) here kids you
0: gotta eat fiber in order to shit in your tiger cage properly
1: God, i really really hope no kids are watching or listening to
0: this (laughs) (laughs) no offense right oh the only kid that should listen to this story is young bill
1: young bill he knows what's up grew up to be a gunslinger allegedly yeah so what so as they're like ending up uh that went through the keyhole story with Bill, so like o- overall, uh so far, how do you feel like like this went through the keyhole fit uh in in this book? the story within a story within a story?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I mean, we talked about it before. I think uh, Stephen King is an Inception enthusiast because he, like you said, did a story within a story within a story. But, uh, I, you know, it's interesting to me because I thought this book, being that it was written after the Canonical series, and again, we haven't read all of the books yet. We're reading this in, like, technical order, right? So we just read book four. Now we're on Book Four Point Five. We have not read Book Five through Seven, and the fact that he read the uh, wrote this book so much longer past the other books, I thought it would be more focused on like just Roland and him hanging out with his the gang with the cotet. You know what I mean? Because the majority of this book is the win through the keyhole story. It's not really. I mean, the Skin Man is is of course another plot, but it's not very long. You know, if you only had the Skin Man parts, this book would be extremely short. The meat of it is the win through the keyhole. So I'm I'm interested to see when we read books five through seven if somehow the win through the keyhole story fits in to maybe events that happen later on. But it's definitely interesting to me that he chose not to focus on the original cotet because I felt like this book would just kind of be like a nostalgic book for people right who've already read the series. But
1: Yeah, that's also a question I have for people who've already read this series, is that when Stephen King was said he's coming out with this book is was was it like were you guys like, Oh awesome, I get to see the quartet oh. again and then like it's barely even them and it's just like how did they feel like they still like it or people hate it? I mean I couldn't imagine hating it. I mean so far it's awesome. So and if the story was already complete, then maybe they're just like, I'll take what I can get.
0: So, yeah, definitely, because I mean, you I would think if you're Stephen King and you're writing this book, there's something that you didn't answer in book five through seven that you wanted to address or you just wanted to have a separate story that's nostalgic for the people who have read. And it's nostalgic for Stephen King. I remember like when we first started this audiobook, there was actually an excerpt in the beginning, you know, or I think in the prologue for Stephen King, where he's like, you know, I'm excited to revisit my old friends, quote unquote, which, you know, would be the cotet So it's obviously nostalgic for him as well, writing this book after this, the final book was written so long ago. But um, yeah, I don't know what, like, how it'll tie into the other ones. I'm excited to see how, if it will at all. But yeah. Yeah. If, if not, it guess. was a cool story. You know, if not, it's, yeah, it was still a cool standalone story. I wonder if people... Like you said, I'd be I'd be really interested to hear what people think of it who've already read the canonical series and then read this because I don't know if maybe they got disappointed because there's not a lot of the the cotet just doing cotet things. Like it's it's a young Roland pursuing the skin man and then it's this win through the keyhole story. There isn't like a lot where it's adult Roland.
1: So. Yeah. So it's like they finish. So after Roland finishes, like, telling the story and Bill's asking all those questions, we get, like, it's almost like we were woken up from a dream. Like, we're just put back into reality almost to where it's like, all right, back to the skin, man. And so, uh, what was it? So after uh, it gets into, like, them, now they got to get all the miners together uh, and figure out how... How they're gonna set this whole thing? And you, we we know basically that there's this blue ring around their ankles, right, around their legs, that shows that they're prisoners. Once upon a by, and uh, what what's also what also is forgotten up until this up until later in this point was the white the white mark in this case that Roland dismissed earlier because he thought Bill had enough uh had enough reliving the past when he was doing his thing. So uh what what did you think about this whole setup situation with getting the miners and having them like be a little bit disrespectful and then Roland's like, hey give them some drinks and then Roland's still young but still taking command. And then like through the process of getting them drunk, eliminating the other miners, finding more uh, out about their situation in the mines like what was your whole take on that
0: yeah definitely um yeah like you said it is like waking up from a dream because you kind of have to reorient yourself to the skin man story because it's been so long since we've been in that situation and yeah we remember that the plan is to bring the miners in and have young bill identify who the the skin man is um and the miners, yeah, being kind of rude, <laughs> but you learn more about the miners, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Stephen King kind of put this in here. I mean, the salt miners' lives just kind of suck. Like they have a horrible job. Um, they have they owe a bunch of money to like the owner or something, and they owe so much money to him. Like the owner will like put on this this race or whatever this show, and basically like have them race each other as like a sport for the rich people and the, the prize is just getting some credit off of your loans or whatever, so they don't even really get anything out of it. Yeah. It's really rough. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting that he put that in there. Um, I don't know really if it has any real bearing on the story, but I just thought it was interesting, because it kind of reminded me of, like, I know he's going for the Western theme, obviously, but it reminded me of, like, sharecropping, where, you know, slaves are released, and then, Some of the slaves still in the South would do sharecropping and, like, yeah, they worked a job and, yeah, they were free, but, like, they didn't really have any money and they made horrible wages. So it was essentially the same thing as slavery. And it kind of just reminded me of that. I don't know if he got inspiration from that for this part of it because obviously it is part of Western history, I guess. But
1: yeah. Yeah. And like the start of the Industrial Revolution to where, like, some jobs, like, they would literally have apartments on plantations or like on factory land so they would literally live where they work and so uh that's kind of what what this reminded me of uh but yeah very shitty life uh very yeah very i would not want to do it (laughs) i mean it's like literally you win this race that could possibly kill you and some people do die and like during these events and uh and all you win is like discounts at the at the store that he owns. Yeah. Like the, and it's just like that's so lame. It's <laughs> so like bad. it's it's like it's like working at your job, right? You're working at your job and then they're like, Hey, we got these fun work games that so you can sign up for. You gotta pay for it though, and then like you pay to hang out with your coworkers like on a weekend, right? <laughs> and then if you win, you're like, Okay, you get to we get 50% off at our company stores. So you can buy like a company hat or some bullshit. And it's like, that's so lame. Why would anyone want to do that? I
0: know. Right. Like, <laughs> it was kind of funny that he, it wasn't funny, I guess it was interesting that he put so much detail in there about the, the miners because like, he's like, all right, this is the lives of the miners. It's horrible. And then they're like, all right, let's just, let's just get past that. And uh, let's identify the skin man now. <laughs>
1: yeah. So like, I think, I think what, stephen king was trying to show is that you have you have a group of people who are basically family or like really good friends uh they're in this shit together they understand each other they trust each other but one of them is not what they seem right and so now we we he built up a bond of trust with with them because they're all in the shit together uh, and that bond is slowly being broken down throughout finding out who's the skin man. So it's like not like a necessarily a plot that he was, I think, really focused on or what you're supposed to be focused on. But it's like that one thing on the side that's like it's like Stephen King is so good with characters that he just kind of adds that sense in there to actually make you care more more about finding the skin man if you didn't already so
0: yeah i can definitely see that add some richness to the situation a little bit more detail
1: yeah so uh like like i guess like we were talking about earlier if if you're watching this video odds are you've already read this this book so like the section where uh billy like points out who the Skin Man is, and then you realize Roland is so young, too, that when he finds out that he should have kept going with Bill when he had him hypnotized about the white mark, would have came in handy earlier, because it would have flew past him if uh if Bill didn't like bring it back up again. So like the guy who has the mark has the blue ring as well as the others has a big white scar going down through it. And uh, <laughs> and so, what What did you think about that whole uh, revelation about... We, we probably knew it was going to be important early on, but uh, what do you think this had to do with Roland's character development? Yeah. Like, learning.
0: It definitely adds more richness to Roland's character where, like, you see him make a mistake again as a young Roland. The adult Roland probably would not make this mistake. But it's cool to see... Kind of similar to the previous book, *Wizard and Glass*, where he makes a lot of mistakes in that book, and you see how his character kind of it, un, uh, becomes who he is, like how he be, he makes these mistakes and learns from them. So this is just another one of those mistakes where it's like, dang, if you would have pressed Bill a little more, then um, you know you would have maybe saved two people's lives. Cause obviously, you know, he turns into a snake and fucking destroys them but uh no um it's it's also interesting (laughs) because it it puts in roland's brain to be more relentless right because the reason he stopped with bill was like i don't want to mess this kid's brain up even more even more than already has with his dad being mutilated so it's like this situation tells it tells a young Roland like hey you need to keep going like no matter what you need to just keep going yeah so just another one of those situations where similar to wizard and glass you can see how these events made him like as relentless as he is as an adult but what did you think about
1: it uh i pretty much agree it's kind of like of course he's young he's gonna make mistakes so if if we went through this story just like the the previous book if we went through a story of young roland and the dude literally makes zero mistakes then you're kind of it's boring you know you want some character flaws and even Roland in book one had flaws he was just a, a badass and he knew how to do all his shit so uh for them to actually show for Stephen King to actually have him make uh mistakes like this reinforces that he's still a young gunslinger and he still has a long way to go to what to when he ends up to where we find him in the first book so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's great, and uh you could take the lead for a sec. I'm trying I'm looking up the yeah, uh something real fast. Okay, okay I found it, never mind. okay, so the monster's description uh, earlier in the book, I'm gonna re- reiterate it what, what we were giving in Skin Man part one. Long jaws, taller than man scales instead of skin long tail dragged behind it yellow eyes slitted dark pr- dark pupils glowed in flat head mouth trap filled with teeth longer than a man's hand and stubby legs so I imagined like a uh, a little non-horned demon as character because like demons are closely obviously related to like snakes and stuff like that. So when we got to this section, and we saw him transform, and uh, he would transform into like different animals, and he just chose the snake at the time. So this just shows me that all the different stories where he was like, they said different animals attacked him, was uh, fairly accurate. He just goes... So he can just transform into, I don't know if unlimited animals or just a specific group. But uh, he chose the snake in the final fight. And do you think him picking the snake was the best choice? I mean, he did take out like two people, but uh, do you think he should have picked a different form?
0: Yeah, I almost wonder if he could have picked a form that, I don't know, had a stronger... <laughs> Hide, I guess it's not going to matter if you get shot with us. Supposedly, it doesn't really matter. It seems like if you get shot with a silver bullet. But even something fast and, like, smaller, so you could run away, potentially, or something. But obviously, he chooses to do the snake and just go all-out offense. But obviously, he didn't know that Roland had a silver bullet. And I guess if he got shot with a normal bullet, it wouldn't matter. But what do you think about... Yeah, it was brutal. The first kill... Just like shoves his the snake head through his throat, basically.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty brutal. I was like, yeah, I was insane. There wasn't. He was like, like he went down through his neck. Yeah, and dude. like this head was like coming out the dude's neck, and I was just like, this is this is badass. Like, I want this to be a show, and I want to watch it. But I honestly think the no, no show or movie would be able to do any book series really justice especially probably Stephen King but I don't know I could be proven wrong because I mean Lord of the Rings was badass so Uh, this is like picturing it in my head and then it's like I so I picture like a small jail cell you got people outside the cell you got Roland and Bill in the cell and then you got the skin man transforming into a snake and he's all in the jail cell too so for for the skin man to pick the snake uh, out of all of them, uh, I guess I don't really I don't think it really goes through every single thing it could transform into. But maybe at the time it thought this was the best strat, just because snakes are quick and fast. Yeah. Even though he's he's big, and he's in a he's in a small area with two gunslingers. A bunch of men, and then a sheriff and and a couple de- couple deputies. So, this might have been in his mind the best strategy because snakes were the quickest. But he, I would be surprised if he honestly thought he was getting out of there alive, regardless. Just not only because there was gun one gunslinger, but there was two. So, the, the odds are not in his favor, especially in close quarters. So, his best strat. I think what he was doing what was trying to do was trying to get as many bodies around him as possible to kind of use as a shield and then as a snake he could like slither around their bodies or through their bodies to get a quick snap at them um, at Roland or the other or the other gunslinger Jamie to you know try to take them out one by one
0: yeah no i mean the snake snakes are obviously lightning fast so i mean I, it's not the worst thing to transform into but you know gunslingers are going to yeah. they're going to gunsling
1: they're gonna gunsling.
0: But what did you think, I guess, about the final showdown in general? So like for me, I was hoping it was someone like I'm cool with it being just this random miner, but I was kinda hoping it would be like P V or something, or like like even the even Bill. If he turned into the skin man. It would be insane. Oh yeah. So I was kinda hoping that like some awesome. someone they know, or even Jamie. I don't know how Jamie would be the skin man, that probably wouldn't make any sense, but like PV or Bill or yeah yeah but
1: so it's i don't i don't want to say i have mixed feelings over the ending but so it's like i like it but uh as as for it being a specific person i'm a i'm thinking that if it was someone that we knew it probably would have took taken away the impact of the of the previous story that went through the keyhole because that was such a good ending that maybe King didn't want to top it, or no, I agree. Or maybe yeah. th- this is just how how he went. Uh, because as the showdown went, I was I was honestly hoping for a whole lot more carnage than what we got. I mean, we got two dead people, and then Roland. You know, if Roland pulls out a gun, you know that guy ain't gonna miss. So as soon as he fired and with the silver bullet, you knew it was gonna die. So then he killed killed the skin man and i just for me it was a little too quick i think it. Was, i think but that's i think that's why i gravitate more towards like swords and sorcery rather than like firearms because like with with firearms it's not as dramatic because it's very quick and with swords you can drag out a lot more emotion and and tension uh like in like game of thrones or uh or like even wheel of time to to an extent even though most of it's magic it seems like so i feel like just taste wise i just would have rather it been a little more dragged out and dramatic between roland and the skin man but knowing that it's like a western and it's dealing with guns uh i and especially in the last book uh if you if you remember this is the same a little bit of the same complaint we had too when Roland was like fighting uh, what's oh, his face for uh, the Jonas. Orb? Yeah. Jonas for the orbi yeah, and we we thought it was a little too quick. Yeah. But it's like these are guns, you know, they're not swords. You're not stabbing somebody and then they're slowly bleeding out. No, you're blowing their fucking brains out.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> so knowing that uh I'm not going to. I'm going to make an unbiased opinion and just be like, I liked it. I just wish King would have found a way to drag it out a little more because after all the anticipation of waiting for the Skin Man to be confronted, when he finally is, it's not that long. So that would be my only thing is what I personally would have wanted. So, yeah, that's my yeah final thoughts eight out of ten.
0: Eight out of ten <laughs> no i'm definitely in the <laughs> same boat i feel like the way he wrote this it definitely makes it feel like the skin man stuff is cool and everything but it's definitely just a setup to do the wind through the keyhole separate story
1: yeah. because yeah it's the b plot yeah
0: it's the b plot like basically when the wind through the keyhole story ends he's like all right let's just wrap this up like skin man dies we're done yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah um but yeah. yeah i think he could definitely make it more dramatic because i mean in the last book and not to go back to the, keep going back to wizard and glass but that one scene where they're all having like the standoff you know with jonas and his men like keith bird has his slingshot and then the other jonas guy has his knife around his his uh his neck and then the other guys behind him and then Roland comes in and he's the last one and he's behind all of them like i thought that was written really well because like like you said with firearms it's kind of hard to be like make it a really long showdown but i feel like with that scene he like was able to create like a good amount of suspense even though yeah that scene with guns
1: uh, yeah that that scene was really good uh the, the only problem is that you can't do scenes like that all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, he world. can't do it's that
0: again. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like we so, can only have so many, uh, Western standoffs. Um,
1: yeah, so... it's basically, like, you could probably use it max maybe two times <laughs> in a complete series yeah. without it becoming, like, oh, here we go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like, so, uh... <laughs> you want uh uh bri- briefly go over the n- the next part yeah
0: yeah yeah, or... yeah um and yeah if there's stuff before that you want to talk about just let me know but um yeah after, after that obviously they killed the skin man um i didn't write in my notes but i just remembered that didn't they have like a they had like a party afterward or something They're like hell yeah the skin man's dead and then like it's mentioned that jamie loses his virginity i'm like all right just, yep. Just oh had guy, to put that go. in there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very. He had to very on. He had
1: to slip it in on there. On brand for
0: <laughs> Stephen King, but yeah. So Jamie loses his virginity. I was afraid Jamie was gonna die because like the snake kills that dude, and then he grabs the snake. I'm like, dude, why yeah. are you grabbing the snake? Like, shoot it. But yeah, <laughs> but luckily, like, luckily, Roland shoots it before. Because I, I was thinking like, if he grabs a snake, the snake's just gonna. Slither out or like turn around and just bite the shit out of him, but yeah, it's all good.
1: Yeah, right. At that be Yeah,
0: he got to, he got <laughs> laid too. So, but um, oh yeah, yeah. After <laughs> they have the party, um, and then the the sisters from like Skin Man Part One, the like very large woman and her group, I guess, take in Bill. So it's a happy ending for Bill. He's not just homeless (laughs) so yeah he at least gets to stay with them and then then the second part of basically this whole section is just that skin man showdown and then this letter that he gets from his mom which i i felt like did tie into the the rest even though we haven't read book five through seven it it was relevant even because we just read wizarding glass and we just read the scene of him shooting his mom so like obviously this is super relevant. But yeah, go ahead.
1: I also I was saying like I feel I feel that now this book gave a conclusion with Roland's mom. So knowing that I kind of I feel like that's probably that was probably the thing uh King didn't didn't do in the next three books. Like it was probably like after book 4 and I was like okay, that's it. And then maybe it's vaguely mentioned throughout the next couple books during like similar situations or something like that uh, of like magic or dreams or whatever. But uh, so that's, yeah, I'm assuming this book was probably mainly just made because the went to the keyhole story, I believe is actually happened. Maybe not, maybe not event for event, but is definitely, I feel like history in Midworld That's just been, Brought into a fairy tale as time went on, and and most of it got either stuff got forgotten or worded different or whatever. But so I feel like it was this book was meant to add more history and lore to the universe as well as conclude the Roland and his mom storyline. So I guess we'll see in the next three books if they do uh, end up doing that because, like in the letter, it said that. She heard, you know, the father uh, didn't really like her or didn't love her. Uh, She knew going back to Gilead, Roland was going to kill her. She knew secrets that could probably save Gilead for like a couple more years or a few more years. So they're not really that important. So just let Gilead fall and that uh, she forgives him. And. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and Roland got to kiss that big lady with the big old bitties on the <laughs> mouth twice. I mean, what else do you want in a conclusion?
0: It, yes. It it was a it was a very happy ending in general. But yeah, no, I I, I really like this letter and yeah, this is the part that definitely makes sense as far as like something that Stephen King could could wrap up. And it gives a little bit more of like the the mom side of the story cuz I feel like in Wizard and Glass and the previous books, we don't really get her side of the story very much mainly when we talk about her it's just like oh she's being manipulated by the tall man she's you know committing adultery with the tall man but she doesn't really get to say her side of it and this letter really shows like she was a good person because she knew like she knew going back there she would die and she doesn't like the dad she doesn't like steven's or uh roland's dad so i feel like it made her character more like realistic i guess and like more like more sympathetic yeah you're more sympathetic for Likeable. her she, yeah more likable like she's not just like a pete like sucks completely
1: um well like at at first you're like god oh, fuck roland's mom yeah. but then you find out that she's being forced to do it and then you're like oh now i feel really bad yeah. and then and then this book kind of concludes to kind of feel like rounds out her character to where she might have got manipulated, but don't feel too bad because the husband didn't even care for her that much anyway. And she's sorry and she loves her son. And and she went back to Gilead knowing that he would kill her, but she went just anyway because that's how much she loves her son. And I'm like that hits me where i live <laughs>
0: so.
1: no yeah i so. think it, i
0: think in general it's just more realistic to how a mother feels about their children like i think most moms would do the same so yeah
1: and then like you know they they were afterwards right they were turned back to the real world and uh, or you know the real world quotation marks yeah, yeah, and the, uh, yeah <laughs> squad yeah and every everyone's just like oh thanks for the story roland and you're such a good storyteller and roland's just like i can't remember if he said this before he went and told the story or, or or at this part but he's just like every gunslinger needs to know how to tell stories he's like i'm not even that good at it <laughs> so it's like damn you're if you're not that good at it imagine other gunslingers who are it's like <laughs> it's like it's like holy shit yeah So. And then I see that you wrote in here too that at in the end, uh, uh in the high high speech or it was something his his mother wrote that she forgave him yeah. for it and that Susanna asked Roland if he forgives himself. So
0: And then it ends.
1: Then it ends. We don't get an answer, I can't remember.
0: I think he smiles I don't or think something we did. like that, but which is implies that Maybe he does kind of forgive himself a little bit, but we well, obviously in Wizard and Glass he doesn't really but
1: Yeah. That's what, that's what I was about to say. Like at the end of Wizard and Glass, he's like he's crying and all this stuff and Susanna's like, It's not your fault. Uh you were a kid and blah 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 and Roland's like, No, it was me, I take full responsibility and then so then we go straight to this book. But like he feels better at the end of last book because now he has friends Who understand and care and are there to help and support him so he feels better but he definitely didn't forgive himself and then we get to 4.5 uh and then now it kind of seems like he he has but i don't believe it i think he smiles because he knows even if he doesn't he still has his friends you know there to help and support him so I don't think it's a smile of like I for, I forgive myself for it. I think it's just a smile of I don't have to bear this burden alone anymore. I got people who care about me. Yeah. So I think it it's just the ending of the last book reiterated. Yeah. So what did you think though? Same thing or?
0: Yeah, similar thing. I I feel like. Um... Because he, you know, in Wizard and Glass, he didn't forgive himself. I don't know if he's ever really gonna forgive himself. Maybe he will later in the series when we read it. But um, yeah, I think it's just kind of reiterating that because obviously he would have already known this in Wizard and Glass. He's just telling the story now, but it does give more context to the mom, and it gives more context to his companions. So
1: cool. Yeah. Um, we're. Uh... Hmm. actually you want to get to some book club questions just maybe a few all right uh let's see what's just one random one i can bring off uh did reading the book impact your mood if yes how so
0: (laughs) i think i go through this cycle with all stephen king books where i go from like you know really happy moments where it does make me like because I really like the relationships, like you said, he builds really good characters, and I like the way they interact with each other. Um, that, that always like puts me in a good. But then there's also the scenes of just absolute brutality or like, you know, traumatization, where it's like, oh fuck, or like the miners, where it's like, fuck. Now I'm thinking about slavery and sharecropping. <laughs> <laughs> so you go through a roller coaster with him, but I think that's part of why his books are good, right? He ev- he evokes like lots of different emotions. What what about you?
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say I'd say I'm probably a very emotional guy. So definitely, Stephen King's character developments or character points hit me to the core almost all the time. Uh, so I think the part I probably felt the most was when uh, so Bill's Bill when Bill's dad dies and his mom has to remarry. And he already got a bad feeling about it, and then Bill's like up at night and then can hear like his mom being beat, and 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 them having sex and then her being hit and I'm just I'm just like fuck, dude, because now I'm just thinking like there's like this little kid doesn't understand what's going on, but like we know what's going on, and then this also just reiterates that he probably just killed his best friend just to get with his girl he doesn't love, he's just obsessed with, so he thinks he loves but that's isn't that what every obsessor thinks is that they'll learn love but no they're just obsessed so that, that that was like like those parts like really hit me
0: yeah um
1: uh but uh another like a better one is like during the whole merlin interaction with bill like made me laugh i was cracking my ass off because like he's just like <laughs> uh he's like how did if you're so powerful and so omnipotent. How did how did uh the the tax man or whatever get you and he and then Merle was just like oh I was I was drunk <laughs> <laughs> and so and so it was just like lol. <laughs> I was like that's just so, so stupid but, yeah <laughs> but uh there's probably a deeper meaning in, in into it it reminds me of an old uh, Bible story too so I was just like oh that's interesting yeah. so. There's, like, the, those kind of... I gave a happy one, too, because I knew, like, there's the first one was pretty dark. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> but, plenty of... So I gave a happy example.
0: There's, there's both in this stories. Like, I I really like the scene where... it is really simple, but when they were just in the cell with Roland and Young Bill, and Roland just brought him, like, food and, like, candy and shit, and he's like, here you go, you can have whatever you want. Like, I'll just tell you a story. Like, I just thought it was... I just thought it was wholesome. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously books...
1: Right. I got could do one more question and then we could how and then we can like wrap yeah. up about with uh, predictions and yeah. such. Let's do it. So, how does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? If you could give the book a new title, what would it be?
0: Man, now I'm trying to think like how the wind through the keyhole fits into like Right. I don't even know how it fits, really. I'm probably not literary, like, literary build <laughs> enough to, like, understand. Well, the only keyhole I can think of is the trunk of uh, Kelse's trunk. And then. Yeah. I guess the cage. Like, I can't.
1: Well, I know that uh, Stephen King mentioned, like, he wrote something and. Towards the end, like Roland said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something as like, you know, I'm I'm not going to say that because I actually, since I don't remember, I don't just want to throw it in, but kind of like what I thought is like the wind through the keyhole is kind of like just something to do with stories i guess like there's so many like every keys like during the went through the keyholes like a key can open anything but only open one yeah. thing so like what would what would a key in a box represent so maybe like key represents could represent like words or structures and then like the box containing a story so it's like or some, something along the lines of that or maybe just wonder of uh of what's of the unknown you know, you have a key that can open anything. Uh, what do you What are you gonna open? What What's on the other side? What do you want to learn, or what What do you want to pursue? Uh, and how life is like. How life goes goes on and on. So does the wind. I don't know. Just random shit like that. I'd I'd have to <laughs> I'd have to go back. I should have wrote it down.
0: Yeah. What do you say?
1: I know there. Yeah, because I know there is something in the book where he does talk about it. It, And, of course, uh, it's one of the most important things, and I can't remember. It
0: it does kind of make me... (laughs) Yeah, now that you talk about that a little more, it does make me think, like, you know, the keyhole to Kels' trunk. That really set everything off, right? Like, he opened the trunk and found proof, or at least close to proof, that, you know, Kels killed Ross. And then, like, the wind from that took him to all those events right almost like when he opened the box and unleashed just this like this flurry of events that occurred because he did that but um yeah i'd be interested to hear what stephen king would say about it but um what would you rename the title if you're gonna rename it
1: uh, i was gonna rename it that's, t- that's right a really tough spot. question but yeah it's a tough
0: I'd question. probably rename it to um Does a tiger shit in a hole or a cage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to, about to say
1: <laughs> like for a funny title, uh this probably isn't that funny, but I would just name it Stephen King's the story within a story. Yeah. A story. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: book version of Inception.
1: Uh Yeah. If uh but if like if I was gonna pick like of a ser- a serious name, it'd probably just be like uh <laughs> shit i um
0: maybe just the skin man fuck. or this, like the the what
1: fuck. what what was what was the morals of like there has to be something that compares both both stories i know like some like kind of connection
0: to like yeah cover both this, of them
1: between yeah, something within the Skin Man and the. and the. went through the keyhole. And what is it? Is it protection? As like. Roland's protecting Bill, as like. as Tim protects his mom? Yeah. Would that be.
0: They both. A, a, the they thing? also both kind of go on an adventure, like the hero's journey. You know, he has to go deal with the Skin Man and then protect Bill, like you said, and then. Um, Tim has to go on a journey yeah. and protect his mom. But yeah, I don't know. You
1: know, I, th- I think I would. I think I'd name it Once Upon a Buy.
0: Yeah. i name Once it um, A Palaver a or, or um, palaver. There and Back Again, <laughs> A Hobbit's Tale. The, the what? There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Tale. Oh my God. There and Back a Again, stale. A Rollin's yeah, Tale. Yeah, A rolling Stale.
1: <laughs> There's a guy at my works. A uh, new guy just got hired. Guess what his name is?
0: Uh, Bilbo.
1: Roland. Really? <laughs> I'm de- dead, ass. His he's got to be at least uh,
0: 45.
1: He's th- in his 30s. Damn,
0: really? That's young for a-, a Roland. Wow. Yeah, I
1: asked him. I was I was like, "Hey, do your parents read The Dark Tower?" And he's like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, okay. <laughs> so I think his parents is what he said it was just some like they just wanted to find a cool name so they named him Roland. Okay. I was like, you know, that's a that's a badass yeah, name. I fun. didn't even hear that. I didn't even know that was a word until I started reading The Dark Tower. The so. only
0: Rolands I've met are like 50 plus. I've never met like a younger Roland. So There you go.
1: So, uh, you've actually met a Roland before? I've met
0: people named Roland mostly in uh really? Bef- in Arkansas.
1: <laughs> really was it was it before was it before oh yeah that was way before we read yeah it's before this book no yeah i met so, people wow. in
0: real life like have that name yeah
1: cool so uh i know i know it's going to be hard to do predictions for the next book because we're, we're both a little bit into the next book yep. already yeah so and it in the, the summary of the book basically gives the plot away anyway but all I'm going to say is where do you think we got three books left? And obviously at this point, they're definitely not getting to the dark tower until the final book that that's called just the dark tower. So what do you think we're going to gain through this next adventure in the ne- in the next book? Like what, what is, what could possibly be the next step in this quartet's journey?
0: Like, I guess what, what events you think in this will tie back to the rest of the series?
1: Or what whatever you whatever dude, you think. I don't, like what's what's the significance of the I next even, book? You dude, I don't
0: even know. I know like the letter obviously clearly ties into the wizard in glass. It might tie in even later on. I wonder if the title will. I wonder if the reason we don't understand why he named it this is because it's relevant. Later on I think that would be cool if it's somehow relevant later on um, so I guess that'll be my predictions maybe this title does have some significant because I feel like if you're gonna write this book if you're gonna write this book like 10 years after you wrote the other series, I don't remember how long it was like 15 years or whatever I would
1: think he would he finished it in 2007 okay
0: Yeah. so <laughs> when did this book come out, right, gotta find
1: out. I want to say 2015 okay so I want to like
0: say. eight years I would think if you're going to write this book, you would name the title something that is relevant to the original series, because you're basically doing, like, a callback nostalgia book, in my opinion, if you write something like this. And to fill in the gaps, of course, like we said with the letter. But maybe the title will illuminate something later on. But I think, like you've said as well, another, and I'm sure you're kind of a similar prediction here, but, like, this story the wind through the keel is probably real, and maybe we will encounter stuff later on to show that it was real.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, maybe we'll see Tim as a gunster. Sl- yeah. Or maybe we'll read about Tim <laughs> and his exploits or something when they're getting to the tower, tower. That'd be, yeah. But yeah,
1: That'd be cool. They, they mentioned a few things about Tim in this book, and that, like, ten years later, it became the gunslingers came to town and he joined them and then became like a legendary gunslinger yeah like maybe like
0: tim is in like a pair like another universe because obviously you know we're kind of dealing with that theme of like multiple universes maybe he's in another world very similar to Midworld, but you know he's obviously like analogous to, to roland but yeah maybe maybe when they get to the tower or something then the dimensions kind of blend a little more and we do see tim but i don't know what do you think? What are yeah. some of your predictions?
1: So, I definitely think that the Went Through the Keyhole story... So, like I said, I definitely think it's a lost past history of Midworld, but I also think it's going to... It's it's, like, is going to correlate with the next three books in some way. Uh, I guess we'll just have to find out once we read the books. Uh, and then... I think at this point the next book is just probably f- going to be uh, most mostly to show that Eddie, Susanna, and Jake are capable gunslingers and that they've grown a lot. Because uh, we already know that they're going to fight Wolves of the Kala. Uh, what that means, like, before we read the summary or before we got in, what that means, we don't know. But from what we've seen so far uh they've done a few things together we've we've seen them grow a little bit so this next book is probably just going to iterate uh, f- further their development into becoming more like roland and that's that's going to be and and then they're just going to continue their path on the beam so that's that's basically my prediction
0: yeah i'm excited
1: yeah, me, me too. Like I said, we've already started the next book, and I can't wait to finish it. I'm, I can't wait to finish Dark Tower, dude. I'm like, so I'm like, really, we're the final stretch. I know we really are. It's gonna be sad when it's
0: over, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, it'll be fun to find out how this ends.
1: Cool. Wow. All right. That's that's it for me. I love I like this book.
0: Yeah. All right, well, I'll take us out here. Um, We appreciate you if you stuck with the whole episode and listened through all three of you. Thanks. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, like you said, we're going to start Wolves of the Kala. So we'll start... We've already started reading that. I haven't gotten super far into it. I'm not sure how far Josh's gotten into it, but we'll obviously cover that in another episode. But if you have any comments or you want to like or subscribe, that'd be awesome. If there's anything within this book doesn't even have to be this section or maybe just within this book in general that you wanted us to talk about, you know, feel free to leave a comment and then we can talk about maybe talking about it in the next episode, but we'll see you then.
1: Yeah, Smell you later.